Uh, Bill Cosby's in the news. If you uh, missed TCB's live that he was just live uh, not too long ago, uh, I would recommend you go back out to the TCB show and watch the live on Cosby because uh, Bear nailed it. I'm not going to get into it, uh, but I just find it funny that Bill Cosby was praised by the left in this country. I mean, come on. He was a hero back in the day, back in the 80s. One of the reasons he was a hero, because he uh, he was portraying a successful doctor as a black man. And not only was he a really funky sweater wearing uh, doctor, but he was also raising a nuclear family. He had kids living in a nice pad. He was a doctor. And so basically he was portraying something in America that was kind of unseen at the time, a successful professional black man. They weren't portrayed that way on television back in the day. So here it comes and he breaks the glass ceiling and the left is so proud of Bill Cosby. Now, this is the same left that's pushing critical race theory today that teaches that blacks in America are victims. And of course, whites in America are the oppressors due to the ingrained racism or the institutionalized racism. I began talking about critical race theory back in October of 2020. You can, uh, wherever you listen to your podcasts, uh, I recommend going back and listening to episode 29. I don't number my episodes in my podcasts anymore just because it was becoming a pain. And I was told by uh, some insiders that you shouldn't do that. Uh, so I took all the numbers off uh, my latest episodes. But if you go back, back then, uh, it's episode 29. It's from October 13th. And it's where I start talking about critical race theory and the dangers. See, because critical race theory is basically the bastard child of Marxism. If you don't agree with that statement, I would highly recommend that you go back and research the term equity. You hear the term equity being tossed around constantly on the news right now in the United States. Basically, what equity is, see, the country was founded on equality. In other words, everything was equal. Everybody had the same opportunities. It was up to you, though. Maybe they weren't right in front of you. Maybe there are certain people that are born with opportunities because their parents are wealthy, this, that, the other thing. Maybe they're a little bit smarter. Maybe you struggle a little bit more, but everybody had the same opportunities. It was an equal playing field. The harder you worked, the further you got ahead. That was what the founders believed in, and that's what we taught. That's what we taught the country was all about. But now, you see, the left is pushing... Uh, via critical race theory, equity. And what equity means is that we have to make everything fair. You see, the left is obsessed with fairness. And fairness is not real. It's not a real thing. Nothing in life is fair. So I look at it this way. If you've got too many white kids in the advanced reading class, you don't try to work with the uh, the black kids in the school 
to help them get into the advanced reading class. You just eliminate the advanced reading class. That way, everybody is the same. Everybody is stuck in the same reading class. That's equity. Equality means everyone has a shot. If you work hard enough and you study hard enough, you can make it into the advanced reading class or advanced science or advanced math or whatever you want to say. But if there's too many whiteies in the advanced class, you just do away with the advanced class. Let me give you the premise of uh, basically the left and critical race theory. The left is using critical race theory and other tactics to create a race war and an LGBTQ versus Christians war in America. Ask yourself this. Why did the riots suddenly come to an end? They just stopped. Even when you would think that more riots would begin. They didn't. And do you think that's because the left is so happy? These people that were burning buildings down, you think they're so happy because Joe Biden is president? You think that's why the riots stopped? No, the truth is the funding stopped. You see, these people are prof uh, they're professional agitators and they get paid to run around. That's why all of these buses show up and these people get on these buses. And you see the same agitators, whether they're in Portland, Washington, D.C., uh, maybe down in Tampa, maybe down in Atlanta, maybe over in New York, wherever it is. You see the same old characters getting arrested over and over again because they're being bussed all over the country to go destroy shit and act insane because it's a paid position. But the funding stopped. So the riots stopped. The riots back in 2020 were used to get the race war started or back in swing, I guess. I mean, we've seen race wars in the past, but this time is a little different. This time, big time money like George Soros and other left-wing agitators were dumping millions, maybe billions into these riots. You remember they would go and they would get arrested by the Portland police and the next day they were being bailed out by big bailout funds that were the money that came from big left-wing donators. The riots were used to get the race war started. And now that the left has started the race war, they're using equity and critical race theory to keep the anger going eternally. They don't want the race war to come to an end like it has in the past. They want the race wars to continue. They want the LGBTQ versus Christian war continuing. And so they're teaching our kids via critical race theory poison. They are poisoning our young people. And it's quite terrifying. The race war in America has been created to keep us angry at each other and to fight with one another. And the question is, well, why? If that's your theory there, uh, Mr. John Smith, why, why is the left trying to force us to fight with one another? And there's one simple answer. It's so that we take our eye off of them, the power-hungry political class, because that's what it's all about. It's all about the Nancy Pelosi's and the Chuck Schumer's and the AOCs and her little squad, 
her little squad of Marxists. It's all about them having the power and not relinquishing it ever again. And if we can create a just a, a hatred towards one another based on race or background or class, depending on how much money you have, or whether you're queer or not, whether you're Christian or not, it's all about keeping us at war with one another. Now, in Arizona, this is a, 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 let me show you a quick video. But this happened over at the House of Representatives today in Arizona. Basically, an out-of-control, critical race theory, uh, critical race theory-loving Democrat goes after an AZ Republican. This bill bans teaching critical race theory in our schools. Now, critical race theory, just to be clear, teaches that your children, when they teach it to your kids, it teaches that your kid is racist or sexist because of the color of their skin or the gender that they were born with. Point of order has been called. Who has a point of order? Uh, just microphone, please, so I can hear you. And Pursuant to Rule 18D. Mr. Rodriguez, what's your point of order? They, if I rise to correct the member, but I will withdraw the point of order if the member can just express that it, that is his opinion of what critical race theory teaches. It's really not my job to make somebody say something one way or another. All I can do is uh, rule that Mr. Hoffman is entitled to his opinion. Yes, and if he would state it that way, then I would. And I perhaps he will choose to reword his statement to make it uh, known to everybody that he's speaking his opinion. Mr. Mr. Hoffman. Mr. Speaker Pro Tem, I appreciate the opportunity to clarify because what I would actually like to share with you, well, the one of the most uh, vocal proponents of critical race theory, Ibram Kendi, he has described critical race theory and the anti-racism movement as a whole, that the, that the only answer to prior racism is current racism, and that the only answer to current racism is future racism. Critical race theory explicitly advocates racism, so thank you for giving me the opportunity to clarify that. And that gentleman is exactly right. That is exactly right. The only way to fight racism is more racism. And they look for racism now. I mean, it's so hard for them to find racism. Racism, they have to manufacture racism. We've seen the stories. We've seen the Jesse Smollett, right? He had to manufacture his racism. We saw Bubba Wallace. That was manufactured racism. We see white kids during the whole riot, during the whole Black Lives Matter movement and riot, and uh, of course, uh, Antifa joining in. We saw these young white kids screaming at black cops, calling them racists. It's insanity. Racism, for the most part of it, is either imagined or manufactured. True racism is watered down because of all the fake racism. The boy who cried wolf. We've all heard that story, and that's exactly what's happening. Now, I will tell you, I'm going to have some videos just like that, and there may be some that are a little bit longer in tonight's show, but I just want to prepare you. Now, I want to read an article by Jason Rance. Jason Rance is a writer, and a, uh, I believe he's a, a radio uh, talk show host as well. 
you'll see him. You've probably seen him uh, multiple times on Fox News. He pops in quite a bit. Now, he wrote this article. The headline says superintendent says Washington schools don't teach critical race theory. He says that's a lie. Uh, let's see here. Uh, the state superintendent of public uh, instruction named Chris uh, Rakedal, it's a hard word to say, Rakedal, uh, says critical race theory isn't being taught in Washington schools, and that's a lie. Rakedal didn't make an error. It's trickery. Now, this is so important, okay, because I get into arguments all the time on Twitter with these left hand, uh, you know, left-wing nuts that say critical race theory isn't being taught that it's a very advanced theory and it's way beyond what students in elementary schools would be able to comprehend. So they don't teach critical race theory. And they're right because they're not teaching the theory. They're using the theory to indoctrinate our kids based on race. It's the theory that the teachers are taught and then they apply what they're taught in that theory to push it on our kids. Does that make sense? I hope it does. Uh, Reichdahl didn't make an error. It's trickery. He's playing a dishonest semantics game. He thinks he can win. Thankfully, we have plenty of documentation proving critical race theory is taught in Washington schools. It's even being forced on staff during training. Just not in the way that Reichdahl aims to redefine the debate. So why is Reichdahl lying about critical race theory? It's simple. Parents have momentum on their side, and he and other activists will do what they can to keep their insidious strategy in place. And we've seen it. I have been playing videos recently of all these parents standing up to these uh, uh, ridiculously left school boards, and the parents have had it. And so there's momentum right now on the side of the right because people are watching these videos and they're calling these uh these leaders of the school board out and the people on the school boards are making asses of themselves they're calling the police they're shutting down uh, school board meetings they're having these people arrested they're telling them that they have to shut up sit down get out leave they cut their mics off it's insane what these school boards are doing uh, Reichtel sets up his critical race theory lie. Reichtel made many dubious claims in an interview on KIRO Radio G and Ursula show. Almost everything he said is verifiably false. When asked if critical race theory is being taught in the classroom, he offered an unequivocal no in response. Quote, we talk about the civil rights movement. Now listen to what he says. We talk about the civil rights movement. We talk about the causes of the civil war. Now he's not telling you what caused the civil war he's not telling you anything about the civil rights movement he says we talk about the experiences of black americans of white americans he said it's comprehensive history it's not critical race theory so all the history that he's teaching has been warped and be it's been rewritten it's been perverted that's where they get away with this nonsense again they're not teaching the actual theory of critical race theory. They are using critical race theory to rewrite history and to teach little white Billy that he's an oppressor no matter what he wants to do, no matter where he comes from, no matter how he thinks, everything in his life has been built about being an oppressor. And then they teach the little black Johnny in the room that the entire world 
hates him and they want to keep him down. When in fact, the only people that really want to keep the blacks down in this country are people like Jesse Jackson and Al Sharpton and all of these other lunatics. In fact, the almost the entire Democratic Party wants to keep the blacks down because that's how they get votes. That's how they maintain power. He says, any outrage over the toxic ideology is, quote, manufactured by conservatives, you know, like us. Uh, this is manufactured rage for political purposes, Reichdale claimed. It's a catch-all now for every sort of angry thing that people want to throw out there and unfortunately has nothing to do with the actual learning standard or anything that the legislature in this state has passed for what we teach. It's all a big right-wing conspiracy, according to this guy. Even though we've seen the books, we've seen the classrooms, we see what's being taught, we see our little kids coming home and asking mommy and daddy why they're oppressors. It's not a right-wing conspiracy, but let's continue. Uh, what is the purpose of the vast right-wing conspiracy to claim critical race uh, theory is infecting our schools? Political power, of course, exactly right. And that's how I started my show. It's all about political power. Uh, the key here is breaking down what it is and what it isn't. When people say this is shaming some students or that it's revising history, or that it's all the evils that they're uh, selling to whip up a political base for the 22, uh, 20, 2022 campaign election cycle. That's not actually what critical race theory is. So no, the answer is unequivocally no. We're not teaching that in school. But that's not also, uh, yeah. But that's not also what the real critical race theory is. Oh, please do tell. Indeed, the academic discipline of critical race theory isn't being taught in our schools. Teachers aren't explaining what critical race theory is, nor covering the legal concepts that compromise critical race theory in a 101 or advanced level course. But no one is making that claim, he goes on to say. What we say critical race theory is, or when we say critical race theory is taught, we mean the concept of critical race theory is taken as fact and its principles frame the very curriculum in front of your kids. In other words, teachers are not teaching critical race theory. They are using critical race theory as a lens to frame lesson plans. It's why we point uh, to precise content. And Rakedale knows this. The superintendent's strategy is based on a dishonest semantics game. Like we said earlier, critical race theory is generally considered a wide-ranging academic concept centered around racism as a social construct. That racism was intentionally embedded in our institutions and policies by white men, and it has been used to oppress people of color. When radicals demand we, quote, dismantle systems of oppression, End quote. They're talking about everything from American financial and healthcare systems to education and policing. Reichdahl hopes to reframe the discussion. It's why he refuses even to define critical race theory. I asked his office for an interview. This is the writer. He says, I asked the office for an interview, but was turned down. He does not do well when pushed. I asked how Reichtel defines critical race theory, but his office would not offer a direct response from the superintendent. Well, naturally. You see what they're doing here, folks? 
they're one, they're saying it's just a conspiracy. It's a right-wing conspiracy. And then when you get them on the phone and you just really want to know the truth, they're not willing to talk about it. Reichstel's spokesperson instead offered up uh, what amounts to critical race theory definition in an email. Quote, examining how our institutions and our social structure have, and in some cases can uh, continue to, oppress certain groups is standard in U.S. history courses and is foundational in many professional learning courses for adults. Katie Payne email. I guess Katie Payne works for this clown. That is the very concept of critical race theory, and it's the lens teachers use or they're being taught to use the principles of critical race theory to teach your kids. It is not merely suggested in professional learning courses for adults, and it, uh, and it most certainly was not standard in the United States history courses until recent memory. It's not even regulated to history class. The superintendent and district leaders use critical race theory, uh, the lens to create and guide both curriculum and school policies. It's uh, seldom labeled critical race theory, of course, directly. Now, let me tell you something. If you go back and if you listen to my episode 29, again, it's back from October 13th, uh, on anywhere you can find your podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Spotify, whatever, iHeartRadio. If you go back and you listen to that, I get very into uh, critical race theory. And the fact that there are schools in Virginia that spent over $425,000, one school, it was actually like a, you know, a, a district, spent $425,000 for an outfit to come out of California and to come into their school in Virginia and do an audit, a critical race theory audit. And basically they come in and they find all the racism that exists all throughout the school. And then they teach their uh, administration about all the racism that's going on in the school. And then it trickles down through the teachers. And then they put together little groups of parents and students and no white kids, no white parents. It's just all made up of people of color. And then they teach these folks how to continue to push critical race theory and how to use it as a lens to write curriculum. You see how that works? But when these school districts are constantly complaining about not having enough funds, and then they turn around and spend $425,000 on a critical race theory audit, makes you at least scratch your head a little bit. Uh, it's seldom labeled critical race theory directly. Instead, they use softer language like culturally responsive teaching. You see that? So if you're a parent and you got kids in school or you got grandkids in school out there and uh, they come home with a paper about culturally responsive teaching, you know it's critical race theory. They also call it diversity and inclusion. All these happy little terms. How about unconscious bias? Oh, and there it is, an equity. But it all connects to the same critical race theory concept, and the intent of the new statewide mandates for staff training is based on critical race theory. You can get an overview of these concepts in uh, Highline Public Schools' mandatory staff training that Reichtel uh, pretends isn't happening. Now, I put a link under this uh, YouTube video in the, uh, the uh, uh, whatever it is, the, the content down there. 
There's a link to this video, the critical race theory at Highland uh, Highline School District. So after this is over, uh, go down into the the uh, the description of this video and click that link, and you can see these people and how absolutely nonsensical critical race theory is. It's out of control. It states that uh, American institutions were quote designed in a way to oppress people of color. It even covered the intersectionality of different identities as it relates to race. In other words, the training was based on the teachings of critical race theory. So go down after this video is over, go down into the, uh, uh, whatever it is and, uh, and, uh, click the link and watch it later. Uh, to prove that teachers aren't instructing students on critical race theory, he, def he defies parents to request a textbook review. Oh yeah. Come do a textbooks, a textbook review. He says they won't find critical race theory. No, they won't. The oral framing of the lessons use critical race theory, not the textbooks. So there, you can bring a book home and you can read through your textbook and you're going to find out that critical race theory is never mentioned because they're not teaching what's in the textbook. They're teaching their own lesson plans. He says, beyond that, teachers are bringing in curriculum curriculum that isn't based on the textbooks, exactly what I just said. Students in the eighth grade science class at Canyon Park Middle School in uh, Bothell were forced to watch a video on white privilege. In it, adults were identified as privileged based on their identity. Afterwards, they were given a worksheet with various identities that examined or exemplified how students either enjoyed privilege or suffered from marginalization. The science teacher then asked her students to select their own identities and privileges so that they can, quote, figure out ways to dismantle systems of oppression. If you asked to see the science uh, teacher's textbook, you wouldn't have learned about the lesson plan. Thankfully, a parent filmed it happening during a remote session. Now, we're going to show you this video in just a minute. It's a, it was uh, from Fox News. Teacher uses science uh, class to label white middle schoolers privileged oppressors. Reichel's office didn't want to explain how the superintendent would describe the lesson plan from Canyon Park Middle School. Quote, picking apart individual topics and asking if they're being taught or could be taught is probably not the best use of our time. Hmm. Shocker. Maybe it is. Maybe us as parents, maybe we think it is the best use of your time, sir. And we can't know, he goes on to say, we can't know exactly how each specific topic is being taught within every classroom. What a cop out. Oh, really, the author says, uh, dis dissecting individual topics may be inconvenient for Reichel, but only in so much as it shows the critical race theory lens uh, dictating con content. When we have a video of the lesson, we can know exactly how it's being taught. And spending my time proving Reichel is lying to you is, in fact, a good use of my time. Let me show you the video. Middle schoolers in Seattle's North Shore School District are being forced to take part in race-driven exercises where they must evaluate how privileged or oppressed they are. The exercise was inspired by this BuzzFeed-produced uh, video. I think it'd be silly for me to say I don't have a fair amount of privilege, considering like the country I live in and the job I get to do and the college I was allowed to go to. I suppose being a white male will 
help me end up somewhere towards the front. I don't take a few steps back from being gay. I don't think I'll make it to the front. I think I'll maybe be in the middle. Wow. Those adult subjects were prompted to take steps either backward or forward based on how they self-identify. Those who are more privileged finish the game ahead of their, quote, oppressed partners. Parents were rightfully outraged, but the school dismissed their concerns for of some reason. Did. Joining me now <laughs> is the journalist and radio host who uncovered the story. Jason Rance, you know him well. Jason, uh, we see this everywhere. Uh, it is like um, I see it almost as a cultic conditioning. Uh, tell me what you're experiencing there in Seattle. That, that I think cultish is a really good way to talk about this. That's what it is. This is indoctrinating kids and it's doing it without any parental consent or knowledge. The parent who just happened to be near her kid as she was learning remotely, and this kid was supposed to actually be in class, but they had taken a trip that was unexpected. So mm -hmm. she grabbed her phone and she was able to record a lot of this. And part of the messaging here in that video was that they were told that no matter how hard they worked, you're not going to be able to overcome being marginalized yeah. because you might be black or gay, which is the worst possible message to tell these kids. And then, of course, the teacher afterwards had the students self-identify. They looked at their own identities, identities to see whether or not they had power or if they were marginalized, because then they could, and this is a direct quote from the teacher, figure out ways to dismantle systems of oppression. So they are creating these activists, they're starting very young with the intent of putting them out into the real world once they grow up to become CEOs and lawyers and doctors and politicians and start that revolution that right now they're not able to really fully get underway. Well, you know, at the same time, they're, they're going to create a generation of kids or uh, kids who buy into this who will be depressed, yeah. who will have no confidence. And in, I would argue that maybe they're not going to become CEOs at all, that they're going to be marching you know, and uh, rioting and are going to be, you know, th these kind of it's going to be a very different environment because I don't know how they're going to get a job or feel as though that they can compete in the real world if this is what we're teaching them. Well, we're teaching them to always have a chip on one shoulder and always assume that the reason why you didn't get a job or you didn't get a promotion or you didn't get your way was because you're marginalized when sometimes it's because you're just not the right fit or you didn't work hard enough. I hate the idea that we're telling kids you can't work hard. Sorry, I come from a marginalized class of people and I'm doing fairly well because I'm trying to work really, really hard <laughs> to get somewhere. We should be telling kids well, work yeah. hard, stop with the identity. It's it's the American story. And yes, it's not, it's yeah. not the same for everyone, but we do. And uh, this is always what it means to be an American. And this is uh, quite dangerous. So great job covering this that was a great job and you see what they're doing here you see what the the educational system is doing because for too long the conservatives in this country we've taken our eye off the ball we've stopped paying attention to what's going on in our schools we stopped paying attention to what our kids are learning we haven't been to well until recently we haven't been going to our school board meetings and the left has inserted this critical race theory, again, the bastard child of Marxism, into schools in every angle. Every single angle. Thomas Hamilton's in the room, by the way. Everybody say hello to Thomas. He's from Glasgow, Scotland. And he's been uh, watching, uh, following uh, my show for quite some time. So thanks for being here, Thomas. I appreciate you being here. Uh, the article goes on to say, 
in fairness, Reichtel, remember this is the lunatic that works for the Washington schools, Reichtel, he isn't the only politician acting in bad faith to obscure the lessons being taught to your kids. It's a strategy employed by left-wing partisans who have a very specific agenda, indoctrinating kids. They want to keep the race war going on and on and on. They don't want the race war to stop this time. The riots got the race war going. And now they want to indoctrinate our kids for the next 12 years, 16 years of their life so that they can continue to be angry. Most adults can hear the critical race theory principles and decide to accept or reject them. Activist teachers aren't trying to convince me to become a critical race theory adherent and view the world through their warped ideology. They're trying to convince our children. Young kids are emotionally vulnerable. It's much easier to instill in, uh, in them this belief that this country was founded on white supremacy. Teach them this toxic ideology early, and it shapes them. When they get into the real world, they take on positions of power and dismantle the systems of oppression as leftists view them. That's how you create true societal change. Parents are catching on, though, inspiring a wave of activism from coast to coast, and they're winning some key battles and shining a big spotlight on the critical race theory scam. Now critical race theory adherents must do something to stop the momentum from building, so they lie, obfuscate, or deflect. That's what liberals do. But as long as parents don't stop pushing for change, it's a battle Reichdahl and the critical race theory extremists will hopefully lose. Amen to that. Now, talking about dumbing down kids and indoctrinating our kids. If you can dumb down the kids with critical race theory, they will believe anything if it's said by the right person of the right race. Does that make sense? I'm going to show you a video here in a second. I want to catch up with some of these comments. I, I've been kind of ignoring the comments, and I apologize. Uh, let's see. Yeah, you can put classrooms uh, or cameras in every classroom. We certainly can. Uh, if, they can if they can't overcome anything, how did we have a black president? Exactly right. Thank you very much, angry conservative. How did Oprah Winfrey make it? How did a lot of these rich people of color make it if America is so bad. How is it we have more black members of the United States Congress now? Hmm. How about Dr. Ben Carson? First doctor to ever separate Siamese twins that were connected at the head. I seem to remember seeing Ben Carson on television. He was a lot darker than me. Yeah, Thomas Hamilton says, good to be here, mate. Absolutely, brother. Good to, I'm glad you're here. Uh, the NBA, the NFL, yeah, how about that? Uh, in videos regarding foolish youths, I've seen many comment threads, uh, threads of young Gen Z struggling with their misrepresentation. They believe the whole generation, but uh, their self is corrupt. Oh, interesting. Interesting, Cyber. I appreciate that. Uh, classic red first struggle sessions. Yeah, very good. All right, so let me get back what I was talking about here. If you can dumb down the kids, they're going to believe anything that's said by certain people that happen to be of the correct race. We had Chicago Mayor Lori Lightfoot out today. She came out. Let me show you exactly what this idiot had to say today. Is that we're actually seeing a decline in homicides and shootings. Yes, sir. 
you, you, no, sir, okay. No, 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 no. Let him, let him ask his follow-up question so he doesn't claim that somehow we're being biased and slighting the guy from Newsmax. Please, sir, it's 6.30 going on 7. Ask your follow-up question. Well, um, my follow-up question is simply this. Many uh, residents in Chicago feel that you've lost control of the city. Uh, now it appears as though you've lost control of the Chicago City Council. Uh, do you owe an apology to the victims of violent crime, the thousands of unsolved shootings and murders and stabbings and random stabbings in, in the downtown and the south side and the north side and the west side? Do you owe, so, do you so, owe these people any so apology? Once, so once again, sir, I, I ask you to get your facts right. Um, crime is not out of control in our city. In fact, crime is on the decline. All of our major indices showed a decline in in um, crime and our homicides and our shootings year over year are down. That's a fact, sir. And you, sir, I was polite and allowed you to spew your rhetoric, which is offensive to me and others, but I'm trying to be polite and professional and answer your question. But if you want to write your own narrative and irrelevant to what I'm going to say and what the facts are, then we'll just move on to the next reporter, Heather Sharon. You know, the funny thing is, is that she took uh, she took lessons from Donald Trump on how to talk to the press. If Donald Trump would have talked like that to a CNN reporter, which he did many times, but he got lambasted for it. Every single time he would come out and talk like that to the press, it would be all over the news. And that would be the next story. Nobody's even talking about Lori Lightfoot and the way she treated that Newsmax reporter. And she belittled him. And she absolutely lied. I'm going to get to that in just a second. Real quick, I do want to tell you about Gray Feather Crack Attack. Gray Feather uh, Farms is an all-natural skincare product line. It's very affordable, and the Crack Attack is excellent. If you've got cracked feet or rough elbows or psoriasis, I highly recommend check it out. Check out Gray Feather Farms Crack Attack. Go to saywhatyouwillradio.com, click on the sponsors page, and click the Gray Feather Farm uh, logo. It'll take you right to their Etsy page. And if you let Jennifer know that you ordered through uh, Backyard Politics, she just might throw you in a couple uh, freebies, just so you know. You might get a couple freebies in there. Now, Lori Lightfoot, she just lied to the American people, lied to everybody in Illinois and Chicago. She lied to that reporter. She said crime is not out of control in Chicago. In fact, crime is on the decline. Now, just so you understand, Chicago, this year, there's been a 30% surge in murders since 2019. This year has been the deadliest for the city in more than a decade, a total of 294 people were killed in the city from January through June, halfway through the year, halfway through the year, 294 people were murdered in Chicago. According to account maintained by Chicago Tribune, including 259 men and 35 women. Official city uh, data included 1,734 people were shot in Chicago from January through June 19th, including 281 who died. Another 21 Chicagoans were murdered by other methods. So she's full of crap. The lady is absolutely lying to you. But if you're raised through critical race theory 
and you've been your mind has been corrupted, you're going to believe anything Lady Lightfoot says. You see how it's starting to work? You see how it's all starting to come together? I want to show you a video, another video, and I told you there's going to be videos here. But I want to show you a video. This is of Oakland Police Chief Laron Armstrong. He's going to tell you the truth about crime. Now, of course, this is Oakland. It's not Chicago, but you can't tell me there's proof in the statistics. You can't tell me that crime is going down in Chicago. Every weekend we read reports about 54 people being shot on Saturday or, you know, 78 people being shot, 17 murdered in Chicago this weekend. And let me tell you something with the 4th of July coming up. On Monday or Tuesday, open the paper and see how many people were shot in Chicago this weekend, because there's going to be a lot of people out on the streets and there's going to be a bunch of mayhem, a bunch of chaos on the streets of Chicago. I'm going to predict this weekend there's probably going to be maybe somewhere between 60 and 70 people shot this holiday weekend. And it's Independence Day, by the way, the true Independence Day coming this weekend. But that's my prediction. You've heard it here on Backyard Politics. Anywhere between 60 and 70 people shot, I'm going to say about 12 to 15 murdered. Now, let me show you this video of uh, the Oakland Police Chief, Laurent Armstrong. Start off today by saying uh, that I'm challenged by uh, the decisions that were made on Thursday around uh, the budget for the city of Oakland, particularly for the Oakland Police Department. But today we find ourselves in a crisis. We find ourselves reeling from a weekend of violence where we've seen four homicides over a three-day period. It now has us currently at 65 homicides for the year. It's a 90% increase compared to last year. Our shootings are up over 70% this year. Our robberies are up 11% this year. It's been 1,300 robberies in this city already this year. Our carjackings are up nearly 88%. So we see clearly that crime is out of control in the city of Oakland, and our response was for less police resources. I want to address a comment that was made by one of our city leaders during these budget meetings. It was referred to as a bump in the road, a speed bump, that we would go through a period where there would be speed bumps and there would be challenges uh, and things may not go right, uh, but we would be okay. Well, for me, those speed bumps are 65 lives so far this year. Victims who have suffered at the hands of violence, whether it's shootings, robberies, carjackings, sexual assaults, all of these crimes are not speed bumps. These are people. Far too often in these meetings, we are talking about numbers. We are talking about money and cost. I don't know what the cost of a life is, but I know not having resources makes our city less safe. It concerns me that we would ever consider that to be a bump in the road. That when you look at this screen and you see these are true people. These are people who lost their lives in this city. The violence that impacts our community every day. When I go to scenes and I meet with mothers and family members, 
They're not talking about numbers. They're talking about their children. This is my God sister. That means something to me. Saturday night, I went out to a scene of a young man that lost his life. And a lady yelled out the window, do something about it. Without the resources, it makes it challenging to make Oakland safe. And more families find themselves dealing with trauma, find themselves dealing with putting the pieces together. When the yellow tape is gone and when the streets are cleaned up, there is still hurt and pain and tragedy in our community. I hope that we can put politics aside and put public safety first, put people's lives first before political agendas not a politician. Amen, brother. My job is to keep the city of Oakland safe. That's what I'm here for. You see, he's talking about lives, right? And for how long now since Roe versus Wade, lives, the life of a human being has been taught to us that it doesn't mean anything. I can remember I've been on this earth 50 years now. I have had so many conversations with young people and people my age and people older than me about abortion. And it's just, it's just nothing. It's just a clump of cells. It's not human life. And then we went through the whole Dr. Kevorkian situation where, yeah, we, we just, just kill old people. If they want to die, let them die. Let's, let's help them. Why not? Why don't we just hook them up and kill them? They're no good to society anymore. I mean, what's their life worth? Right. I mean, how many pro-abortionists talk about the fact that, well, you know, this girl's poor, you know, uh, she's not married. She doesn't have any money. She's got nowhere to stay. So what kind of life would this baby have anyway? Who really cares? I mean, it's better off that we just rip this little tiny defenseless human from its mother's uterus and just flush it down the commode or maybe sell the body parts. Maybe we can sell the body parts. Maybe we can just pull the brain out of the baby and, I don't know, maybe do some stem cell testing. You know, because we need to save the people that are here now. They talk about life like it's nothing. Unless it's important for their political cause because then when a republican is in office and there's a war going on they will talk about how many lives are lost all day long they keep a little ticker a little ticker that keeps running in fact on this show i actually predicted because i'm a student of history a little bit i watch what's going on and actually on this show and i'll have to find the episode because I don't want you to just take my word for it, but I predicted that when Biden came in office, the whole ticker of the COVID deaths would go away. And we don't see the ticker on the uh, front screen of CNN or any uh, even Fox News anymore. They don't talk about how many people died today from the coronavirus. They don't have the running. I mean, when, when was the last time you heard how many people died from the coronavirus? But when Trump was in office, lives mattered. Everybody's life mattered. And Trump, he didn't care about life. We care about life, but Trump didn't care about life. Remember all that? And then the ticker just disappeared. 
because there's still people that are dying every single day from coronavirus, but it's not important anymore because the Democrats are in power. You see, critical race theory combined with the constant uh, influx of fake information about abortion and about everything else, just immorality in general, you just keep pounding it and pounding it and pounding it in these kids. And pretty soon, pretty soon you can start to sell them on communism, right? Because they hate the white guy. All the people of color hate the white guy. And even the young white people are feeling so guilty about themselves being white as if they had a choice in the matter. But they talk about how just, you know, they're so privileged. The white people are so privileged. And the colored people are just, can I say that? People of color are so oppressed that now they can tie words like white nationalism, what we used to call patriotism, now they call it white nationalism. So if you're a Trump supporter, you're a white nationalist, meaning that you're just part of the problem. And the answer to white nationalism, which is actually conservatism, now that can be traded real easily for communism. I want to show you another video. This again happened in Arizona here. Either it was on the House or the, uh, I think it was on the House floor. We had a liberal Democrat who was talking about the fact that white nationalism is far more dangerous than communism. And then we actually had, his name was uh, the uh, the communist uh, sympathizer. His name is Representative Daniel Hernandez. He actually mocked the dangers of communism and claimed that white nationalism is a bigger threat. However, a GOP state rep, his name is Kwong uh, Nagaijin. I'm probably tearing that up. He's, uh, he's Chinese by descent. He actually escaped communism, but not before the communists in China killed members of his family. Let me show you this video. I just got irritated, so I came over here and pressed the white button. Is it okay if I say white button? Um, you know, I just recently heard somebody said that uh, white nationalism, or actually communism is not the, the enemy, but white nationalism. So let me tell you something about white nationalism. White nationalism didn't drown 250,000 Vietnamese at the South China Sea. The communists did. White nationalism did not execute 86,000 South Vietnamese at the fall of Saigon. The communists did. White nationalism did not put me here. Communism did. So don't take it lightly. Don't mock me. Don't mock what I go through in life. It's rough. I lost most of my cousins, my family members, due to communism. If we don't stand up to teach communism to our children, we'll lose this country. So, sir, don't mock me. I'm pissed. Good for him. He stood up, and he's exactly right. The free market capitalism is now referred to as white 
nationalism. And we raise our kids to feel guilty about being white or hating white people. We can turn them against white nationalism. In other words, turn them against capitalism and start pushing communism. Now, of course, part of communism, part of what they're pushing in this country that is, again, maybe another bastard child of communism or Marxism, is climate change. Right? Climate change. So if we can get the kids to hate capitalism and favor communism over white nationalism, a.k.a. capitalism, we can also push environmentalism. And so then you start getting kooky people coming on television and they start blaming the craziest things on climate change. Now, listen, if you're listening to Good Talk Radio, the simulcast, I do have to end the show. I appreciate you listening, but uh, you can hear the rest of the show. Just go over to my YouTube page or say what you will at radio.com and you can hear the rest of the show. Thanks for listening. All right. So we can push climate change because climate change is all about marxism folks it's not it's not real science there is nothing about climate change that's legitimate ask yourself this question how long ago was the first or the last ice age a lot of people will say about 10 million years ago the last ice age well my question is well what caused the ice age. So prior to the last ice age, it must have been warm. Otherwise, you wouldn't have an ice age. So what caused it the earth to go from warm to an ice age? And then what caused the ice age to melt? I'm sure that happened before, you know, you were driving around your 72 Buick. The whole thing is nonsense. The whole thing about climate change, remember, we were going into global cooling. The world was going into another ice age. We were going to all freeze to death. And then overnight, it changed. It went from the next ice age in global cooling to global warming. All the models showed that the earth was heating up and all the ice was going to melt. So it wasn't going to refreeze. All the ice was going to melt. And then because the ice was going to melt, then all the world was going to flood and we were all going to drown. And then when the world stopped warming up, they were like, well, we can't go back to global cooling because we already kind of said that that was phony science. And we can't stick with global warming because now we know that that's phony science. So let's just call it climate change. It's all nonsense. It's just another way to control the masses and control the markets. It's all BS. But if we can raise our kids to be stupid and to hate whitey, then we can start selling them more and more on this climate change business. And then we can get some 13-year-old girl from the other side of the earth to tell us all that, the, that we're all to blame. I'm surprised they picked a white girl, though, to do that. I'm very, I, I bet if they had to do it over again, they would have picked someone, a person of color, not little whitey. But let me show you a video that occurred. Uh, this was on CNN. This woman actually, CNN, and nobody calls her out on it. They actually say that the, the building, the condominium, 
down in Miami actually collapsed due to climate change. In terms of in terms of climate, you brought up what's happening, what we're seeing in the Pacific Northwest. Um, we've been talking a lot about what happened in Florida at the Surfside condominium building that collapsed. We don't know exactly what happened at this point. But given what we know about the changing climate, given that we've seen an increase in these so-called extraordinary tides and the impact that that can have in areas like South Florida, do you think that climate could have played a role in that building's collapse? Well, obviously we don't know fully, but we do know that, that the seas are rising. I mean, we know that we're losing inches and inches of beaches, not just in Florida, Give but all around. Um, you know, Lake Michigan, where I'm from, they, you know, we've seen the loss of beaches because the, the waters are the rising. The Sears Tower so, is going to collapse you next. Know, this is a phenomenon that will continue, whether it, ha- we'll have to wait to see what the analysis is for this building. But the issue about resiliency and making sure we adapt to this changing climate, that's going to mean levees need to be built. That means seawalls need to be built. That means infrastructure needs to be built. We need to make sure that we invest enough in clearing out the forests so we don't have these weather events. We need to invest in hardening our transmission lines, maybe burying wires so that we can protect areas that are like tinderbox dry. There's so much investment that we need to do to protect ourselves from climate change, but also to address it and mitigate it. And hopefully these infrastructure bills, when taken together, will make a huge step and allow America to lead again. Secretary Granholm, good to have you with us this morning. Thanks so much. Thank you. That woman is absolutely full of crap. She said that the seas are rising, the oceans are rising, not only in Florida. Ma'am, how could that even be possible to only rise in Florida? There is no common sense. There's no truth to anything that that woman said. She said that the lakes are rising. The Lake Michigan, Lake Michigan is rising. I thought we were on a shorter, uh, like a, a water shortage, but Lake Michigan is rising. How, how is that happening? And then she said, we, we need to start building seawalls and levees. What are you going to do? Build a seawall around the entire country? Are you going to build a seawall around or a lake wall or a levee around every single great lake? Because if if Lake Michigan's rising, well, then I'm sure the rest of Lake Superior's got to be rising too, right? Lake Erie, the, all of them. It's total nonsense. What are you going to do? Build a wall, a waterproof wall, all the way from Maine to the tip of Florida and around? All the way from Washington down to San Diego, around all five Great Lakes. I mean, this woman is completely insane. And they're trying to, well, the the facts aren't in yet, but, uh, you know, global uh, climate change, I'm sure, had something to do with taking down the building in Miami. They knew that that building was sinking for a long time. It's built on freaking sand. It has nothing to do with climate change. Everybody, even AOC said that climate change is the cause of the border crisis. When Trump was in office, 
all the kids were in cages. Now that Biden's in office, it's global warming or climate change. That's the problem. You see this, this is just unbelievably asinine. Everything that the left stands for is nothing but a giant lie. And now they're using critical race theory to bring Marxism into our classrooms from the time they're kindergartners all the way until they graduate college. They're inundated with Marxism and lies and stupidity, and they can't think of themselves because if you come out and you question anything about critical race theory, you're instantly labeled a white nationalist. You're a racist, you're a homophobe, whatever they want to call you. This is how deeply ingrained the left's lie is in our country. It's unbelievable. And now they're not even afraid. The Democrats aren't even afraid to act like total imbeciles, like petulant child, children. Let me show you a, a, the last video that I want to show you is from Ohio. This happened. Uh, Representative Jenna Powell, she was proposing an amendment to add a bill banning biological males from female sports teams. Now, you would think that we wouldn't even be talking about this, that we actually have to have a conversation, that we actually have to pass laws that prevent biological males from competing in female sports teams. It's insanity. So she comes up to talk about this bill and the petulant Democratic children begin banging on their desks and screaming at her as if it's going to prevent her from being heard. That's something a five-year-old would do. Wonderful. The Save Women Sports Act is a fairness issue for women to be able to achieve their dreams and athletics in our state. And it's crucial to preserving women's rights and the integrity of women's and girls' sports. Across our country, female athletes are currently losing scholarships, opportunities, medals, education, and training opportunities. This amendment will require schools that are part of the OHSAA to designate separate teams for participants of the biological sex. No school interscholastic no conference or organization that regulates interscholastics shall permit biological males to participate on athletic team or an athletic competition designated only for biological female participants. Unbelievable. Petulant children. That's the left. They're literally pounding on their desks and screaming at her as if that's going to stop her and stop this bill. I mean, you remember when you were a kid and you didn't want to hear somebody else, so you stuck your fingers in your ears and went, blah, 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 blah. That's them. Now, I'm sure anybody that's listening to this or watching this show probably hasn't done that since they were probably seven years old. But that's the Democratic Party. That's the modern-day leftist in this country. And it's all across this country. It's not just in Ohio. It's not just here in Arizona. It's not just in Florida. It's everywhere. Anywhere that conservatism lives, they want to shut it down. 
and they'll do it at any cost. We've got this Asiata that's going on right now, and the left is losing their minds because they know the truth is about to come out, and we're close. We're very, very close. The truth is coming, folks. We know that they want to do these audits in Pennsylvania, in Georgia, in Michigan, maybe Minnesota. And the truth is going to come out, and the truth is not going to be pretty for the left in this country. And there are going to be people that are going to be extremely pissed off. We just saw, now just six months ago, when we started accusing the left of cheating with these voting systems, the left said, oh, there's no way there was cheating done. There's no way. This was 100% free and fair elections. And if you think there was cheating, then you're a QAnon supporter. And then just today, we get news out of New York City that 150,000 fake ballots were sent through the system and counted. And the left has all been out of shape. Oh, the left can't believe how such a thing would happen in a Democratic primary. How could this possibly happen? Shame on New York City for letting this happen. Yet, if you mention it in the Trump election where he got 75 million votes, the most votes a Republican president ever received a candidate, ever. He somehow lost. President Trump uh, received more black vote than any Republican in many, many decades, but yet he lost. He got more women votes. He got more Hispanic votes. Where the hell did Biden's votes come from? Dead people? Illegals? multiple multiple ballots i don't know maybe some people voted in chicago and they used to live in phoenix and they got the phoenix ballot and the chicago ballot and they filled them both out and they both counted there's a lot of things that went on and the truth is about to come out we're going to see it happen real soon the truth is about to come out and the left is acting like petulant child while we just sit back and wait we just wait and wait and wait. All right. So what do you guys want to chat about? It looks like there's quite a few uh, comments in the comments section. <clears throat> uh, Cyber uh, Tosin says they can't do it bec uh, yet because it would cost them their food. Bill and friends have a great busy. Okay. I'm, I haven't really been following along, so I have no idea, no idea what you guys are talking about. But uh, anyway, what are your thoughts on uh, critical race theory? Is are we able to stop it? It's you know, one of the articles I read said that uh, the uh, the parents on the right, the ones that want to end critical race theory, kind of have a momentum going. I kind of believe that because what the left didn't think about was the fact that these uh, uh, conferences, these uh, school board meetings, if you will, are being recorded now by cell phones, so they can't just come out and lie. And they can't shut people down anymore because we know we have constitutional rights to speak our mind at public events. And the people that are shutting these school boards down because there are parents that are pissed off, they're going to pay for it. These school board people are not appointed. They're elected. And wait till 2022. I think maybe I'm optimistic, but I think we see a red wave, as they say, or a red tsunami coming. Because the people in this country are pissed. 
And if we can get the election thing sorted out, I mean, come on, let's just have election day. None of this, I can vote two months in advance. I need to vote two months in advance because of my job or because I'm in a wheelchair. Come on, man. Every single building where they have elections, they're all required to be wheelchair accessible. I'm not buying it. I had a guy tell me today on Twitter, he says, oh, I can't, I'll never be allowed to vote if they make election day voting. I said, why? Why can't you vote on a Tuesday, but you can vote three months in advance? Well, because my job requires that I work on Tuesdays. Well, it's an Arizona state law that your, your job, no matter what it is, is required to give you up to three hours off to vote. No response. Because they're all liars. The whole thing about everything about the left is a lie. Everything. Uh, let's see. Angry conservative. I'm going to ca- try to catch up now. Uh, it's going to be tough because uh, they have a 30 or 40 year head start. Yeah, that's why we, man, I'll tell you what. That's true. Pretty scary. Uh, Cybertosin says they uh, point their finger the wrong way because they can't see for already having their head up there. Uh-huh. <laughs> Lemon pepper wings. He's here. How are you doing? Lemon pepper. He says people need to go find something else to do instead of creating these made up words. <laughs> well, that's about it. I hope you guys enjoyed the show. I'm going to cut it early tonight. Um, even though I've gone an hour and 15 minutes, I hope that uh, this show is at least somewhat educational and enjoyable. I'll, I will be back possibly uh, this weekend. I've got uh, a three day weekend. I'm off Monday. Uh, but uh, we'll see. It all depends on what's going on. Uh, but uh, anyway, I appreciate you guys. Lemon pepper wings. I appreciate you. Cyber toast. And of course, angry conservative as always uh, Latin Patriot. Thanks for being here. I really appreciate you being here. Uh, and uh, everybody else that was in the room, honey barbecue wings was here. Uh, she was in the room. I think her and Le- lemon pepper wings are a thing. That's what I understand. Yep. That's, that's it. Todd Autry was in the room. How you doing, Todd? Hope you're doing well. Um, I know uh, TCB was here earlier. I don't know if he was able to stick around, but he was here. Uh, and uh, just anybody else that, if I forgot to mention you, oh, Thomas Hamilton from Glasgow, Scotland was in the room. I appreciate him being here. Uh, but everybody, have a great night. Uh, be kind to one another. And, uh, and God bless. <laughs>